penis fish. <laughs> Why? Hey guys. Hey guys. It's Chanel. And Ray. And together we make up Rahala Cha Cha. AKA Play Date Season. AKA Chahalas. <laughs> AKA Ducky and Bunny. <laughs> Penis fish. Good. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I mean fish dicks. <laughs> I used to like eating fish sticks growing up, let's be honest. But I did too. And then as I got older, I'm like, I don't think this is <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good penis fish. Um <laughs> no, we do I? Can't relate. Actually, they're kind of scary looking. Oh my god. Let's post a picture on the grave. <laughs> okay, y'all listening, we just have to kind of talk about this. For Hollis and I did not know these things were real. How did we come across them? You did it. I don't know. We were probably talking about, to be honest, how much a man was getting on our nerves. And um, then probably. Or did we find it on Twitter? I don't remember. All I know is it found us. <laughs> that image lives rent free in my head. I can't unsee it. <laughs> That is so unfortunate. And now, you know what? We're going to post it on the mm, Instagram stories because it can't taint the profile. Mm-hmm. Episode eight is going to be called Penis Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that word. You know what else I hate? Looking at one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How was your weekend? My weekend was very nice. I had Friday off. The last three Fridays I've had off. I did nothing but clean out my entire closet. I cleaned my entire apartment. I watched movies for like two days straight. Had a me day on Sunday. Bought a box of donuts. Ate them all by myself. Oh my God, I got my massage. It was the best massage ever. And it totally made up for the other one that I mentioned in the last podcast. There were no tears in this one. Good. So very much a self-care weekend. Oh, and I bought a PlayStation. We love. That's actually tea. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest self-care, honestly. Did you buy any games? Not yet. Why are games so expensive? How come no one told me this? I was shocked <laughs> when I walked by the Crash Bandicoot and saw it was $60. Who? Right. Oh, my God. You see. Ugh, hate it. That's a massage. <laughs> it's a massage. Oh, my God. I've already turned the numbers and the wheels in my head. Yes, they're so freaking expensive. Just to relive some memories. And last night, I ended up watching like two hours of somebody else playing Crash Bandicoot on YouTube just to make sure I wanted to commit, and I do. But we're going to have to check out Black Friday. Yeah, self-care weekends did nothing that required a lot of effort. I'm glad it was a low-key, Rahalis ducky weekend. Thank you, Chacha. And how was yours? Brian's grandparents actually came into town to celebrate his grandma's 80th birthday. Ooh, longevity. No, she's still kicking and screaming, let me tell you. She's pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't have any grandparents that are alive anymore, so I kind of live vicariously through Brian, and um, they're so much fun. So we all just got together with his family at his parents' house and just hung out on the patio, and his grandma was just reminiscing and telling us stories about her life and how her and her husband met, and she's got that sharp memory, girl. She has way better memory than I do. I can't remember what I had for breakfast.
breakfast. <laughs> That's my dream is to just remember something. Honestly. So that was a lot of fun. And then Sunday I had my facial, which was very relaxing. Ooh. And um, I hung out with my mom right afterwards. We went to an antique store and just kind of went, you know, gallivanting and had a mother-daughter afternoon and all that jazz. So I love that. Look at us. An untraumatic weekend. Honestly, it was amazing. Which is the perfect segue into how baby Ray got got. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, why does Rahalis always got to get got? I don't understand. It's for the greater good, apparently. Rahalis is going to open up about her experience with being bullied since in our last episode, I opened up about mine and how that was... More so online bullying versus Rahalis has gone through in-person bullying, which I can't even imagine or wrap my head around. Boo. So she's going to share her story with us and walk us through the whole thing because I feel like at some point you're going to experience some kind, some form of bullying. And I think this would be helpful to learn how to get through it and to know y'all listening are not alone. (laughs) You're never alone. All right, Rahalis, are you ready? No. Oh, you know what? Let's let's talk about something else. No, (laughs) pull out my notebook. No, I'm fine. (laughs) I've been thinking about this all day. That's horrible. No, just kind of like not so much reliving it, but just kind of well, yeah, reliving it because I remember these days like it happened five seconds ago. Like I remember where like pieces of furniture were and all this stuff. No, but it's interesting because like no one grew up with me during these times so it's not like this is all brand new information that i never really talked about but yes let's get into it <laughs> you like that little music sting <laughs> made it I up love myself this so much please keep it in that's the fuel I need to make it through. Just trying to keep you cackling good. Thanks, girl. I love it. Yeah, but no, I'm completely fine. You got this. Yeah, so let's get into it. The trauma all started back in 1998. Ooh. Baby Ray was... <laughs> so <laughs> growing up, I came from like a really small town. And I'm talking like eventually my graduating class was like 72 people. I know everybody. Everyone's related to everyone. My mom's a teacher. So she knows everyone, which means they all know me. I ended up going to like a pre-pre-K school because I learned to read like when I was three or four. And so I got pushed into school really quick. Loved it so much. I decided to or my family decided to put me back in for the second year. So, like, the second year there was, like, me being in a normal pre-K. I read all the time. I spent all my extra time in the library. I was a low-key nerd. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love to read. I loved learning things. I was hella talkative, very social. I, I was just a little kangaroo just bopping around, learning and talking. Somewhere along the way, my first encounter with this just chaos was meeting this girl and I remember her name was Alexis and she hated me for whatever reason and my mom would always like put my hair into like these big pigtails I was always in puffy dresses and I was just doing the most she never liked me for some reason we had two teachers in class and for some reason they were never on the same page And at this time, I remember I was not sleeping. I was always staying up late, watching movies. I would go to sleep when the sun came up, like 
Baby Ray had like no rules. You still don't have rules. Good. What are rules? Don't know. (laughs) I remember like sleeping on the bus to school during nap time. I would not fall asleep until like five minutes were up for us to all wake up. And everyone would be up and I'd be dead asleep. And this girl would assemble her and her friends in a circle and pour water on me. What? Like cups of water to like wake me up and like wet my hair and like my clothes. And like no teacher said anything. You know, I would go to one teacher like, oh, she did this. But like it was never handled because it happened to me like all the time. Are you kidding? Imagine like four girls looking over you like, is she dead? Like, why won't she wake up? And so they just Because they're drowning you. Are you drowning me in water? And that was my life for like that year. Like I said, we had two teachers. She would go to one teacher and would say that I did something. And she would just nag and nag and nag me. And like, even at a young age, I was very secure in like who I was. Like I loved my personality. I just loved who I was. And so it was more so being annoyed that I was being treated this way. And she would go to one teacher and say something. And then um, that teacher would like reprimand me. And then she would go to another teacher, the other one, and say, like, I did the same thing. Then the teachers would come together and be like, oh, she did it again. And then I would get sent home. She would get me in trouble all the time. We were, like, five years old. We are four and five years old. And she would tell people not to talk to me. And so sometimes after school, I would go to daycare. And I remember specifically, I walked up to this boy. And I was like, hey, my name is Ray. You want to play? And he looked at her. She happens to be in daycare. Looked at her. Looked at me and said, she told me not to talk to you. And then he walked away. And then I remember walking and like sitting in front of little cubby holes. And just like sitting there by myself and then asking the daycare person, like, what is my mom getting here? Because I was so sad. This girl kept me from like any interaction. It was so freaking miserable. And it's funny because like those years I have pictures and oh my God, I'll post one on the gram. I'm in this pink dress and I won a trophy for something. And (laughs) she's in the back just glaring at me. And so, yeah, it's so funny because I don't think about this stuff until like we were talking about it for the podcast. But I remember all of that like it happened yesterday. That's just weird to me because what kind of a four-year-old has the mastermind of a psychopath? Like, are you what? She was so mean. Like, what was her intention? Like, what was she trying to get at here? I don't know. Just knowing like how my mom talked about it, like how I even dressed, I got a lot of attention as a child. Yeah, because you're cute. Yeah, and I wasn't aware at the time, but obviously Alexis didn't like it that much. And so she made me pay the price for it. And so that was pretty much how it started. It was just torment on the bus, like getting my hair pulled. The water is what gets me most of the time because that wasn't like an everyday occurrence. It was pouring water on me and getting me in trouble lying on me and getting me sent home and my mom just like there's only so much you can do and so i would just go home and eat ice cream with my mom we love that (laughs) you won with that honestly t and so like after that i was like oof i can't do this in the town that i lived i ended up going to school there i was essentially like the new girl because everyone had went to pre-k together and i remember my first day at this school i'm like yes no more bullying like i get to live my best life i remember walking to class and i see a girl who I knew from the previous year. So it's like, oh, friendship. The first couple of weeks, I remember, you know, like, I guess being like the new kid at this age. I was talking to everyone. I remember like everyone wanted to sit with me at lunch. 
all this stuff. Somewhere along the way, instead of at the first school, just Alexis. And this school, it was like Alexis times five. <laughs> at this point, I was that annoying kid who had the answer to everything to where the teacher was like, Ray, put your hand down. And I'm like, fine. And so I'm sure I know I was annoying. Like, I get it. So everyone thought that I was very like obnoxiously smart. But honestly, I was just eager to learn. But I can get now how annoying that must have been <laughs> to have me in class. Oh, <laughs> <Because> stop. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. And so everything was good at first. Like, I was very aware I was getting on people's nerves. Oh, stop. <laughs> And so I was making friends and then I would throw like birthday parties and I'm not saying like anything extravagant. It would just be like five people. And I remember this one girl asked me if she could come to my birthday party. I was like, sorry, no, like you can't come. Like my mom doesn't know you. We don't really know each other. And she never let me forget that for like years to come. From that point on, it was the same thing with Alexis. Anybody who came in contact with me, don't talk to her. Any new kid, don't say anything to Ray. She's this, she's that. She thinks she's so great. And, you know, all these assumptions. This went on from kindergarten to probably fifth grade. It got so bad to where I would ride the bus. And how you got arranged on the bus depended on, like, how early you left class and if you were on the front of the line or not. And most oftentimes, I was literally the last person to get on the bus, which means that you were kind of, like, in the back. One girl would be in front of me, another girl on the side, another girl on the back. Just roasting me, pulling my hair, name-calling, literally, like, touching me, tugging me. And I had a friend, her name was Lacey. If she was on the bus with me, they left me alone because they were afraid of her. So I would always try to ride her bus, but she wasn't there all the time. And then sometimes my cousin, we would ride the bus together, but she would be, like, on the opposite side. And we had, like, a two-year age gap. She wasn't concerned with what was going on with me. I never vocalized any of this stuff was happening to me. It was like I lived through it. And then when I got home, I was home. Yeah. I left it all, like, at school. I think the bus was... Pretty, it was honestly very scary for me. I was like, what if they honestly try to like punch me? Because they hated me, hated me with a passion just from one incident or whatever. But it was never something substantial. It was something I could not fix. It was them being irritated at how I excelled in school or how I talked. They always criticized how I talked. I was always in like the pre-AP classes. And you think you're so this because you're in this class. And why do you talk like that? You sound like, I'm just going to say it. They would always say like why are you talking white oh my gosh that was pretty much the problem they thought i was trying to be somebody that i wasn't it was just me and so it was just like all of these microaggressions like they hated me with a passion nothing else better to do huh nothing else better to do i'm angry <laughs> <laughs> But it's so weird because I thought about it all today. I'm sure I was sad a few times like at home. I handled it a lot better than I should have. Just the fact that you literally just said once you left school and you were home, you were home. You never thought twice mm -hmm. about it. You never talked about it with your mom or any of your, you know, friends. Mm -hmm. Like You internalized a lot of that. And worked on that on your own by yourself. It's such a young age that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. I feel like what I was supposed to do as a kid is just be so like, what's wrong with me? Why don't they leave me alone? And just kind of like spiral. But I guess it had to have just been like my family and just being very like comfortable and who I was and knowing that I was a good person. It was just unfair treatment. And I hate saying the word jealousy, but growing up, you know, that's 
exactly what it sounded like ended up being. That also doesn't help my case because I don't want to be like, oh, they were just jealous of me because that makes me seem like a certain, you know, it just feeds, you know, the cycle of assumption and what I think of myself, which is not the case at all. I was just so frustrated how I could just exist and that suck for someone to treat me that badly. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm just kind of like grazing over the encounters. But that interaction happens, like I said, from like the first few days of kindergarten until about fifth grade. And it went from like them like pulling my hair, name calling to like saying stuff between classes and then eventually like faded off because we went into sixth grade and my mom taught everyone knew not to like touch me or mess with me they should have known that from day one Mm -hmm. and i I try to like (laughs) not sympathize with them there's nothing to sympathize with them for i mean sure here's the thing they might have been insecure with themselves so they're projecting Mm. that onto somebody else that they see is very confident and secure with who they are, which just so happened to be Rahalas. But still, that doesn't give anyone the right to do what they did. Mm-mm. Especially at such a young age. That blows my mind. Like, where did they learn that behavior from? Yeah. We were like kids. <laughs> the worst part was I was a very, like, outspoken. I loved walking up to people saying, hi, my name is Ray. What's your name? Let's be friends. I was always, like, throwing myself at people for friendship. To where I ended up being very reserved in the end. I waited for people to come to me because it was just exhausting. And my mom actually told me, she was like, Ray, you give 100% of yourself to people without them earning it. And I'm like, and what's wrong with that? You know, like, why wouldn't you want to give your best to people? She was like, Ray, I'm just letting you know, like, you give a lot of yourself to people and you might need to start kind of like feeling people out. I guess now you would say reading the room first to see if people are, you know, worth the energy. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me, but fine. And then like getting older, I realized what she meant. So I stopped raising my hand in class. I stopped talking. So now it's junior high and you get to that age where you start thinking about boys and moving on. And I guess you kind of forget like all the petty stuff. Junior high was fine. I mean, those girls were still around. They hated me. People never got to experience me first. It was always what they said, which what kind of person do you have to be, like I said, to have that kind of control over people? Mm -hmm. So it was just exhausting. And in order to survive school, I would just have to make myself fit in a group of people at a certain point because I was getting bullied to the point where I was like, I just need (laughs) a relief. And so I started not being myself. I started mini cheerleading, loved, liked the sport, hated the energy of the girls. It was, you've seen Mean Girls. Literally Mean Girls to a T. I'm talking the three-way phone calls, Mm. talking bad about people. It was messy. I wasn't perfect. I'm going to go ahead and say that I was not perfect. And so I would be at school, like, just trying to make it. And then I go home just exhausted. I remember I was talking to this guy. And he was like, oh, my God, Ray, you are so mean. And it was just me being just, like, defensive, you know? Because, like, my mom said, like, Ray needs to protect herself. And so I would just be, like, you know, very stone cold at one point. And he called me mean, and that broke my heart. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not mean. I sat on that for the longest time. I'm like, I'm never going to be mean again. And the next school year, I was literally like the Ray you know now. (laughs) I was like, I'm never engaging in any of this Mm -hmm. drama. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to change who you are just to avoid it, you know? That hurt my feelings so bad. (laughs) And I was like, no, never again. And so I was like, I'm staying true to myself. I am going to whatever it costs. Like, I have to just 
stick it out. And then I ended up becoming friends. You know, I was in bands, did like, tried to just fit somewhere. And like my friends always rotated because as soon as I saw something I didn't like, I would bounce. Be like, nope, gotta go, gotta blast. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up falling into like a friendship with these two other girls and they were so mean, Chanel. And no one understood why I was friends with them. They were nice to me, but they were mean to everybody else. And that gave me relief from being bothered, too. I knew at this point that there was no one in this school that I could really call a friend. I will never forget that there was this other girl. She was a grade lower than us. We were literally the same person. She liked to read. Her mom was a librarian. These two girls were so mean to her. And they would see me talking with her. And <laughs> one of the girls told me, Ray, do not talk to her. Get this. She eats macaroni out of a box. <laughs> And what about it? And my head is like, oh my God, I eat macaroni out of a box. <laughs> what about it? You've never had a craft macaroni? Like, who are you? And she said that, and I was like, no, 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 no. I would rather be alone than have to worry about who I am when I'm not even around you. Like, who cares if she eats macaroni out of a box? So I went out of my way to like be extra nice to her. Because they were mean to her. And it was in that moment I was like, I can't let people decide who I'm going to be friends with or how to act. And so I ended up like being really, really nice to her on the days that I would catch her having a really hard day. A few years later, she wrote me like a note. And she said, I will never forget years ago that everyone was being mean to me and you were the only person that gave me like a chance. And I want you to know that I never forgot that and that meant a lot to me. Aww. And I was like, oh my God. And that is the reason why all of the mistreatment and especially that is the reason why I have no choice but to treat people how I treat them now. I don't care who you are. I am always going to treat you with respect. I mean, you know, don't hurt me or like come for me or anything, but I think everyone deserves a chance. You just never know what people are going through. I had no idea she like how bad she was getting bullied, but being in those shoes, like I've experienced all kinds of emotions, you know, throughout the years. And I think all of that is what developed my empathy that I have and how I can relate on so many levels to people. But I love that I went through that because it makes me the person I am today. It's mm -hmm. why I not go out of my way because it's, there's no effort, but it's why I want to address people by their names when I see them in the store. Like I'll address them by their, you know, their badge on their shirt. Cute. I always make sure <laughs> to ask, you know, how are you doing? And like actually pay attention. I want to know how people are doing and let them know that I'm listening. If I see someone sitting by themselves, I'll go up and engage in conversation. I'm still very shy and reserved. Okay. I'm not very, I'm not, shy <laughs> i can still talk your ear off but <laughs> first impression i definitely know i do come across as stuck up and reserved what? and like i don't want to talk to any yeah stuck up where it has been related to me this was like in college how like in a group setting that i keep to myself that i can seem stuck up reserved like i don't want to like engage in conversation and i'm like that's not the point it's i'm reading the room and two, it stems from what I went through, that I like to wait for people to come to me unless I can kind of feel a vibe and I'll walk up to you first. Mm -hmm. If there's a room full of extroverts, I will let them shine. I have no problem sitting back and just enjoying myself. But if there's someone that's like a lot more like reserved and shy, I'll be the person to kind of like initiate conversation. But I think that's the biggest misconception. I appear stuck up 
And I hate that's like the worst one. Yeah. Because that's already not giving me a chance. But I'm not. Spoiler alert. I'm not stuck up. No. I can't even think of a time where you are, where you were. <laughs> no. That hurts my feelings. I don't like that. <laughs> no. Stop. I mean, it's fine. Where? <laughs> Oh my god, I have to read you this message this girl wrote to me. So there was this girl that I thought we were quote-unquote friends. We had worked together. We had a good time. So we would walk around. I would tell her about like the crushes I had at the gym. She, you know, we would just have like a good fun time at work. The person that she liked ended up liking me. And then she completely flipped on me. And I noticed in public she would kind of like do the little fake side hug and then ignore me the rest of the day. But apparently her and her best friend didn't like me. Before all this stuff, we have pictures of us like smiling together, laughing, having a good old time. And this is the message that she sends me. I remember I sent you this email at home <laughs> when I got this. Dear Ray, it's come to my attention, not very recent, but recently, that you may have felt unwelcome when hanging out with me. To be honest, I assume that you are pretentious and judgmental because of the different lifestyles people chose for themselves. I know I've never was open with you during my time at school, and I respected you because you are a person and everyone deserves respect. But also because, insert friend here, called you a dear friend. Insert friend here isn't stupid. Therefore, I wish I would have addressed my hesitancy and resistance regarding you in person because she sees something great in you. <laughs> this message is to apologize for being hostile or not as welcoming as I was with your other friends. Disclaimer, I'm only speaking for myself in this message and no other person. I'm not expecting a friendship or an apology. I'm really just speaking my side and delivering an apology that you rightfully deserve. If you ever want to discuss anything, I'll be willing, but if it's not, it's completely understandable. Hope all is well, and I hope you will let me be a guest on your talk show. I feel like you just read off three different personalities. <laughs> the nerve. That was verbatim. And when I got this, it... I, I remember what? reading this and I was talking with you and I was literally shopping and I just went I just went home. <laughs> I went to my car and I'm like, this is why I only have two friends. I'm like, how can we have these interactions? And I'm thinking like, yeah, we're friends. And then you're going to go and say, I assume you're a good person because the person <laughs> that thinks you're a good person, you know, she's a good person. So she knows what she's talking about. Is this really who I am? And maybe I just don't know it. And so I had to like figure like who I was out for a minute. And then I circled back and I'm like, <laughs> no, this person had not gotten a chance to know me. Mm -hmm. It was always in group settings. And my thing is, is that I don't like inauthentic situations. Like if I know I'm walking into a situation where it's this girl doesn't like this girl, but I'm watching them interact and be all buddy buddy that makes me sick and so yeah. i don't want any part of that i don't want to be there y'all can tell me separately about what happened but i don't want to be there it's not good for my energy mm -hmm. and so i got a blast and so i was always <laughs> declining invitations because i knew y'all are throwing these parties no one in this group likes each other or they have something it's not good for me and then when i do that i come off as pretentious and judgmental and like I am too good to socialize and then here's another text message and just to give you context this was at a time where like a lot was changing for me I got a new job and it was like the first day at my job it was the same day as like a friend's event and I could not take off for it I think you know the story and the one time I said no this is the message that I got Ray <laughs> 
hate it already. Make it Ray, period. You are one of Insert Frontier's closest friends. And you have a lot of love from both of us. More from than me for obvious reasons. Now that that is established, I need you to take a second and pull your head out of your ass. Uh-uh. It's really tough watching be your friend at a time you're the most selfish, self-centered person in her life. I love you to death, but after living with you, that facade you present to appear less selfish than you really are is unbearable. At least accept and let people know that you believe the world revolves around you. My patience for your games that you play has run dry, and you missing dot 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 was the excuse I needed to be able to tell you this. You may have your own reasons for being as selfish as you are. Even I have good reasons. But you consistently let down and I am done sitting on the sideline. You may never respond to this and that is fine. But I know you will read this and that is all that matters. Ugh. I need you to know that I do love you. I have the most love for you, which is why I'm telling you this instead of just walking away. Stop treating me like shit when she isn't conveniently bending to your every will. <laughs> Stop acting like an asshole and presenting a face like you are more selfless than you really are. And accept who you are. I do. I welcome a conversation about this if you would like. Just text back and I'll be here. Hold on. I have something to say. <laughs> First of all, again, with the personality change up that's happening, <laughs> what? Thrice of all, did I write that <laughs> from somebody else's phone, maybe? Hmm. As far as I know, that text was sent without her knowledge. Girl, people are freaking weird. Like, they try to come at you with all these judgments and whatnot but really i just feel like they're projecting their own issues onto you because they just want to get in your head so badly to where you are self-reflecting over analyzing so much that you self-destruct and honestly like <laughs> these people are so dumb throw the whole thing away throw it away delete it <laughs> that text it's funny that text right there that was a whole projection that was a whole different story absolutely that was all projection onto me i take no responsibility for those characteristics placed upon me but circling back to baby ray <laughs> it's so like not discouraging but it's annoying annoying and yeah <laughs> That person who wrote that didn't take the time to get to know me. The people that write those things, they're trying to come up with, <laughs> this is who you are, huh? I'm not going to try to get to know you, but this is who you are. Right? Ew. Lazy. <laughs> Trash. I don't think those messages were a form of bullying that was just projections at all. It's so weird because I love who I am. Me too. But when they're like, <laughs> thank you. Mm -hmm. But when there's people that are like telling you, you're actually this. It's like, I always have to go back and be like, wait, <laughs> let's study this for a second. Dissect everything. And then I come back like a few months later, like, Ray, you're not any of that no. stuff. Like, the people that know you and have known you for a long period of time will be able to tell you up front. You know, when you're not acting right or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's not the people that are outside the bubble. I mean, they don't know They don't know any better. They don't know you. That's not to excuse their behavior or anything like that because that's so stupid. But they have no right. They don't know what they're dealing with, what they're doing. You see? I see it. Ben says, suddenly. <laughs> I'm not a secretive person at all. I'm just a private person because I would rather have four quarters than 100 pennies. I think it was like this text message. I deleted everybody from my memory and just started over. Like, I don't care. If you're not Cha-Cha, my mother, like, slash my family. If you're not any of my friends who know me now, 
your opinion of me does not exist. It is not my business what you think of me. Mm-hmm. But I would never change for anybody. But like I said, I'm human. I'm sensitive. But I am very self-aware. And sometimes you're just not everyone's cup of tea. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And as long as that you're okay with that and you've accepted mm-hmm. that, I mean, life goes on. It does. We don't all need to be liked. But you would like to think that you could just live your life and no one have a problem with it. But that's not the case. You're just going to have to just fight through it and wait until you get to high school and you meet a Biffy, a.k.a. Brittany. I could not have survived the rest of high school without meeting her. And then you end up tweeting a girl named Chanel on Twitter. And then you end up meeting like 10 years later. And you just got to wait for like, you know, the prize at the end of the trauma. Look at these prizes I have. Oh my God, look at that. We're quarters, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> look at her being a little quarter i'm flattered but i mean ray the big thing that you need to know is that the people that love you see you for who you are and that person that you are is the most patient gentle loving kind and thoughtful Aww. human i'm serious you're the prize what are you talking about oh my god anyone that knows ray like knows ray can and say that she's the bomb.com. And Ray's just the type of person that will drop anything to be there for you at the expense of her own sanity, which is sometimes <laughs> a bad thing. But that just goes to show that Ray always does the most, always goes out of her way to take care of others around her. And at the end of the day, she comes home to herself and still has that self-love. And honestly, I'm here for it. I've seen the glow up. Cha-cha, I'm gonna cry. I mean, I'm not perfect. No, we, we you know, we all have our ups and downs, but girl, mm. you've come a long way. I mean, I didn't know you when you were going through all that stuff growing up, but I've seen you through some hard things and you've carried yourself through it all and just surrounding yourself with good people and just reminding yourself that, you know, you're worthy and taking in the things that, you know, your best friends are telling you, that your family's telling you, the people that love you are telling you to help lift you up and you just hold on to those things so tightly and you've just transformed into this prize of a ducky. Like, what? <laughs> oh my God. We Can love. I get in a writing? <laughs> I'm serious, though. It's so true. You've been through the most, and here you are coming out on the other side, just still such a sweet person. The sweetest little human. Are you kidding? I'm so like, oh my God. Doing the most. God, (laughs) you do the most. You go out of your way. You just exude such positivity and love and all that you do. It's pretty iconic. (laughs) Chanel, you had to, I don't know. That's just who I am. Like, my happiness comes from... I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, here it comes. I get my (laughs) happiness from making other people happy. As long as you are living your best life, then I am living my best life. Whatever you want, you got it. What you want to eat, I'm feeding you. (laughs) You need this, you get (laughs) to. It doesn't take a lot, I promise. I do it with my boss. I'm like, what do you need? Do you need more? I even do it with old boy. I know. You're there, girl. I don't need anything in return. What about the other old boy? You want some shoes? Like, <laughs> You want some shoes, man? <laughs> Got him and left. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
I think that's the person I like to think I am. And so when you get like messages like this, you're like, wait a minute, wait a damn minute. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that Chanel, that really meant a lot. I'm serious. It means a lot of to course. me. Of course. I love you, Rahalas. I mean, if you're still in high school or any period of your life where any of these activities that I experienced pertains to you, just stop. <laughs> It won't matter in a couple of months who you're friends with or a couple of years. I promise you. It is what it is. I thought you told your story very well. And you said the same thing to me last week where you said something along the lines of how I carried myself with grace or got through it with grace mm -hmm. to myself or told a story with grace. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I really? I feel like I rambled some glamisons to you. No, I mean, if you could have seen my face, I was hiding behind this mic, like with my mouth open, because I was so shocked that you went through what you went through. I mean, obviously that was years ago, but I feel like I was just so shocked that you're just telling this story and be like, "So this happened," and then I'm like, oh, "I'm hurting for you," but. Again, like I recognize that this happened a long time ago and mm. you've obviously got through it and you're way stronger of a person because of it. But gee whiz. I think it's funny how we uh, look at each other's stories because you're looking at me like, oh my God, I don't know how you did that. And I look at your story. I wish I could have been like the placeholder for you dealing with the online bullying because there is nothing that anyone can say to me who doesn't know me that's going to affect me. I wish I could have taken all of that from you. My little Twitter fingers would have just been going. <laughs> <laughs> we all take things you know, differently. And I wish I could have just taken some of that blow for you. Nobody deserves to go through any kind of bullying. Not even our very own worst enemies. My worst enemies are my bullies, so Same. gotcha. But we got through it. That's exciting. Woo! I think this is like the last thing that we have to cover that we got through. TBH. Is the trauma done yet? No. As corny as it sounds, it gets better. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the most corniest phrase, but we mean it. It's a thing. It's true. It doesn't feel like it gets better in the moment, but when you get to look back, you're like, oh, it, it did get better. <laughs> You see that? Look at that time. <laughs> so just hang on. Whoever is listening, if you're going through something, just hang on for this Mr. Toad's wild ride because I promise it's going to keep. Who is Mr. Toad? Did you make that up? Yeah. I just have to reiterate that I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your strength and I really admire that a lot and just your optimism. I mean, it's crazy when you think back to who you were a year ago, two years ago, and I remember mm -hmm. us having conversations all the time of feeling so stuck, feeling down and crying on FaceTime and X, Y, and Z. Oh now we're in a place where, you know, two years ago we couldn't even see how things would get better, but we're in a place now where we're like, mm, keep it moving, you know? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. But I mm -hmm. love it and I'm here for it. And I love that we're just like, yeah, next. <laughs> Do you think, like, we say that a lot, like, next, like, moving on. Do you think that's us not caring? Or is that us just caring enough to just not deal with it? Because I know throughout the podcast, sometimes we're, we're like, uh, blocked, moving on, next. <laughs> and personally to me, I care. But I also... <laughs> 
care about protecting your energy. Yes, mm-hmm. a lot more. We care, but we can care from afar. But thanks for listening to my story and look at you learning a little bit more about me. Chacha and I have preached how thankful we are for, you know, moving on from things and learning and growing. We love a grateful Hollis. Mm-hmm. And what better week to be grateful on than Thanksgiving week, Chacha? That's tomorrow. Woo! Mm-hmm. Gobble till Any we plans? wobble. Ooh, that's my plan. Oh. Gobble till I wobble. <laughs> Are you going anywhere? Are you hosting? Are you? How do you feel in these times about you know family gatherings? Um, okay. Well, Rahalas, let me spill some tea. So Rahalas and I are pre-recording this episode the week before Thanksgiving because the week of Thanksgiving, Chanel will be out of town, zero cell service. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) just completely off the grid. We're just not going to be with our family the week of Thanksgiving. We're going to be far away. We're just going to be away off the grid. <laughs> Zero cell service. So anyone who's listening to this, do not text me. Do not call me. It will not go through. <laughs> so you just said that I could not contact you or call you or be thankful for you until I'm Thursday night. I'm not talking night, about you. I'm, I'm talking about anyone that is not ducky. We'll be off the grid Thanksgiving Day, but... And she makes it back. I mean, if I don't, I'll be happy with work. <laughs> <laughs> the way this year is set up. The way this pandemic is set up. <laughs> My mom's birthday is on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'll be at work. So I'll probably just send her some flowers or maybe see her on Sunday the day before. And as far as Thanksgiving is concerned, I don't know, man. This pandemic really threw a wrench in everything. I want to see my, I need to see my family because flashback like Thanksgiving 2018, I spent it by myself and we can't do that again. And so I plan on, I bought this recipe book. I plan on cooking a buttload and taking it back home. Ooh. Like to where my mom is. That'd be nice. And she'll probably make some things too. But I also don't want her to work. Like, poor thing. She's always put her foot in this food, like, the night before Thanksgiving. Like, work super hard. I don't need her doing all that. So I'm going to try to do as much as I can for her. Then take it home. Eat. Family. Boom. And then <laughs> come back home for around probably six. And then gear up for Black Friday. Let's just go ahead and put out there three things that we're each grateful for. Deal. Let's do it. In no particular order, I am very grateful to be employed in these times it's very stressful it's the only way i have my life together well that is my number three i just wrote my job i'm grateful that i still have a job during these trying times i mean i feel like i've witnessed people around me go through some hardships with the climate that we're in so I'm very grateful to still have my job and to still be working from home. It's my favorite thing. I love Mm. being home. Secondly, I'm going to put them together. I am very thankful for my friends and family. I think I have cultivated just a circle of great humans who enhance my way of life. I am very comfortable with everyone that I've allowed in my circle and I love how they've been with me during these trying times, especially you, girl. I love you. You're just saying that for the pod pod. (laughs) Tea. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But no, I'm really grateful for you and all my friends who have reached out to me and who check up on me and who are just, you know, always around and being good 
people who expect nothing in return. And my mom, Mm -hmm. you know, family we love. We love. We love. My number two is I am very grateful for my house. I didn't think it would be possible to be a homeowner during the climate that we're in. And I love my house. I love who I share it with. I love what we've done with it. And it's, like I said, it kind of goes hand in hand with working from home. I just, I love my house. It is a home because of who I get to share it with. It's a home because Lena's here, Brian's here. I've never lived in a place where I genuinely felt like it was home, other than my childhood home. So, and I can't wait for you to see it. You still haven't seen it yet. I know, we need two playdates in December. You're right. Two playdates. <laughs> 30 secondly, I am grateful for, and it's something I've, I really do take for granted, is my health. You know, sometimes you just think you're invincible. And like, even before now, like I would get sick maybe once or twice a year, catch tonsillitis and then like a cold. But just going to the doctor to do preventative, you know, checkups and just your monthly routine and just being really cognizant of how you're feeling mm-hmm. and aware of like how your body's operating, especially as we're getting older. Just paying attention and more acts of self-love, but also going to the dentist when you don't want to. <laughs> going and get a little pat-pat when you really don't want to. <laughs> especially in these times, it's very important to take care of yourself. Is that a cough? Just very grateful that I've, you know, my body's still kicking and doing me some kind of good, I guess. But yeah. I love that for you. We love a healthy Rahalis. I can't say the same for me. <laughs> um, so my number one thing that I'm grateful for is not my health. <laughs> My number one is also going to be my family and friends that I'm grateful for. I'm very grateful for my family, my mom, dad, sister, my nephew, brother-in-law, you name it. And my own family. I'm grateful for Brian and Lena. Like I said, those two together were the perfect trifecta. We are Brunel, Lena, and I'm grateful for them. And my friends. I feel like... I have a very small circle of friends, too. And it's one of those things, kind of like what you touched on, is that some of my friends, we don't talk every day. But when we do, it's like we pick up right where we, you know, left off. And those are the kind of friendships that I really treasure and value. Lord have mercy, don't know where I would be without such great people in my life so we love a heart of gratitude so for those of you that are listening share with us if you would like what are some things you're grateful for you can shoot us an email at playdateseasonpod at gmail.com or you can check out our instagram playdate season you can comment on our penis fish post and let us know (laughs) what you're grateful for this thanksgiving and we're hoping that you guys will find something to be grateful for in this crummy crap bag year. I will upload a picture of Baby Ray to balance out the penis fish picture. We love a carousel of a penis fish and Baby Ray. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> never mind. You gotta make separate posts for that. Never mind. Delete. <laughs> we hate it. <laughs> love to see it. It's the carousel for me. Dead. It's the penis fish for me. Anyways. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please send Rahalis all the love for sharing her story and send warm hugs her way because 
This girl deserves all the love back that she puts out. So do the thing for my little ducky. And yeah, we love you, Rahalas. We love you too. And y'all send some emergency to Cha-Cha because I heard her cough. <laughs> Got a blast. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.